Good morning, MUIDS. I'm Kathy from 1205, and I'm here in the studio today with Min from 1207. We're from the Broadcasting Club. We're here every Wednesday from 7.45 to 2.15. So, don't forget to tune in for your weekly content and entertainment. As a reminder, that if any teachers are listening at this point, we know you're in a meeting right now. So feel free to switch off the PA system in your room. You can do that using the neat little volume knob right next to one of the doors. But before we continue, I would like to formally acknowledge the people who have made this live section in the studio possible. We would like to thank Dr. Simon and many other people for checking out Swift today. Last but not least, I would also like to give a shout out to Grace, who is both the studio and AV tech, along with Ty and Anne, who held out to you. By the way, if anyone's interested in contacting us, feel free to fill out the Google form in the line booth and hold the pub, or on Instagram at M-U-I-D-S broadcast. Other than that, we have a YouTube live stream. Check it out over at our YouTube channel, M-U-I-D-S Broadcast Club, which we have posted a link to in the whole room hub and line booth. Enjoy your Wednesdays from anywhere in the world. Today is a very special day indeed, since I'm having a live section with my best friend. Oh yes, so a study published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found out that friends are actually more genetically similar than random pairs of people. That's actually possible when I think about it. Mint and I share a similar childhood and so many other interests. And most importantly, we share similar habits and personalities. So maybe we do share this similar DNA. I wonder how many percents. Who knows? Anyways, let's now get on with our announcement first. So, as a reminder, today is day E. Please fix your lost items by December 12th, otherwise they'll be disposed. And just so you know, November 23rd is a university visit from the Bachelor of Arts and Science in Integrated Innovation from Jalalongkorn University from room 309 from 3.15 to 4 p.m. And for grade 12, for the exams are this Friday. That's just so soon, don't you think? I agree with you. Time flies when you're spending it with your best friends. Aww, that is just so true. Our first semester went by like a breeze. You know what this means? We <laughs> So, just to tell you, next week, Grade 12 are going to read without walls from November 28th to the 1st of December. And we're staying at Simparakorang Hotel. Wow, that's a full hour drive from our school. Anyways, I've got a feeling that it's gonna be worth the trip. Me too. I was just so impressed with last year's read without walls at Ameri Huan Hin. And I bet this one will be as memorable as the last. Me too. Anyways, moving on to this week's quote. 
Friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought, I was the only one by Greek philosopher Aristotle, which gives a hint to our main topic today. But before that, let us give you a brief update on the world. Yeah, as for our world news segment, today's news is from the Bangkok Post. In November, on November 14, 2023, the Thai Meteorological Department has announced that Thailand has officially entered the winter season. So, as you may notice, winter this year is warmer than last year due to the warming effects of the El Nino phenomenon. And the lowest temperatures were measured at around 21 to 22 degrees Celsius, which is warmer than the arrival of winter last year, when the average temperature of the upper regions was 20.8 degrees Celsius. Still, there is heavy rainfall in the southern region, and it is forecasted to end in late February. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Winter is getting warmer. No worries, my friend. Got cold before we get up walls. That is indeed true. Now, let's talk about the 6.4 earthquake that recently hit Myanmar. So, last Friday, an earthquake measuring 6.4 on the Richter scale hit Myanmar at 8.37 a.m. Strike approximately 100 kilometers of Mersai district in Chiang Lai and its epicenter located 76 kilometers southwest of King Thang Township in Shanxi. Three aftershocks measuring 4.1, 3.5, and 3.4 on the Richter scale reported. So, the tremor was felt in Luang Mesuai and Mesai districts of Chiang Rai, Sarapi and Wung districts of Chiang Mai, and Wung district of Lumpur, and also in some parts of Nan and Bangkok. It was also felt in Phantom Udon Thani, and Hongen. Mr. Amon Pimangbar, the president of the Thailand's Drug Control Engineers Association, said the earthquake wasn't strong enough to cause buildings in the northern region to collapse. But keep in mind that low-rise and medium-rise structures may get shaken. Also, some high-rise buildings, including those with more than five stories in Bangkok were also shaken. But there's no need to worry because the capital was about 1,000 kilometers away from the epicenter. And according to ministerial regulation in 2021, it requires certain criteria to design earthquake-proof buildings in 43 provinces nationwide. So Chachawi Suwansawat, former president of the Council of Engineers, said this earthquake may foreshadow more severe ones in the future. Arun Pinta, chief of the Disaster Prevention and Migration Office of Chiang Mai, said some residents in high-rise buildings, including staff and patients at Mahara, Nakhon Chiang Mai Hospital, said they felt the tremor for around five seconds. Prasang Sampadeh, director of the earthquake, Observation Division said the earthquake was caused by the movement of the Cape Town Fault in Chang State. Mr. Basan and many aftershocks were reported after the initial earthquake, estimated that many aftershocks are to follow for the next month or two. How catastrophic! I hope everybody stays safe and the situation gets better real soon. 
Me too. And now, let's get to the main topic today. Are you excited? Yes, I am. So, as you may have heard a quote from Greek philosopher Aristotle, we think you might already have an idea of what we're going to talk about. So, our main topic today is Greek gods and goddesses, which is inspired by our first speaker, Penny. So, stay tuned, everyone. Since we're going to be diving into the world of Greek mythology, it is long known that at the center of Greek mythology, there is a pantheon of gods and goddesses said to live on Mount Olympus, which is the highest mountain in Greece. Olympian deities have features and characteristics similar to men and women, and their emotions were very much human-like. Did you know there are as many as 12 Olympian gods? Really? Okay, so the first god we're going to be talking about is Zeus, which is, in Roman mythology, the king of all gods and father to many. He is also the god of weather, law, and fate. Onto Hera, who is the queen of the gods and the goddess of women and marriage. Then Aphrodite, who is the goddess of beauty and love. Apollo, the god of prophecy, music, and poetry, and knowledge. Ares, the god of war. Artemis, or Diana, the goddess of hunting, animals, and childbirth. We also have Athena, who is the goddess of wisdom and defense and Demeter, who is the goddess of agriculture and rain. Dionysus, the god of wine, pleasure, and festivity. Then Hephaestus, the god of fire, volcanoes, and um, Hermes, the god of travel, hospitality, and trade, and Zeus's personal manager. Finally, we have Poseidon, who is the god of the sea. Wow, that's quite a list of names you got there. However, there are also other gods including in the roster of Olympians, such as Hades, the god of the underworld, Hestir, god of home and family, and Eros, god of sex and the minions Aphrodite. It's a pity we only have a little amount of time to talk about some of the interesting tales. I do wish we had more time. There are many things we can take away from direct accounts of God's stories. Have you ever heard of the tale of Narcissus and Echo? Well, what is that? Can you tell me more about the tale, Pammy? Sure. The great story of Narcissus tells the tale of the tragedy of vanity. From this Greek myth derives the term narcissism, which refers to a fruitless chase of fulfillment of egoistic behavior. The story of Narcissus, a deathly handsome young man, is portrayed as the backstory of daffodils, or in other words, its scientific name, Narcissus. Narcissus had always been entirely too aware of his dashing good looks, and he had always turned his nose up to every woman that attempted to catch his eyes. His pride was excessive and he even turned away from Echo, who was Artemis's favorite nymph. Due to Hera's curse, Echo could not speak, so all she could do was to follow him silently and in love, waiting for the perfect moment. At some point, Narcissus could feel her presence and asked, Is anyone here? To which Echo managed to reply, Here. 
A confused narcissist asked Egmont to come out and reveal herself. However, when he saw her, he told her that he would rather die than give himself up to a wounding. Heartbroken, Echo starved herself for many days. She refused to reclaim and refused to have any appetite or water. Nemesis, the god of revenge, who was the those who showed hubris, decided to give Narcissus a punishment for what he did. So he made Narcissus fall in love with his own reflection in a pond near Echo's cave. The young man was madly in love with his own image to the point that the tiniest ripple caused him to fear that he was getting abandoned by his own image. Narcissus finally lost the will to leave. As he managed to say his last words, Farewell, to which Echo replied back to him, Farewell. Narcissus lay down on the grass, bared and thin. Life began abandoning his body as his obsessive love turned into excess existential despair. The next day in the place where Narcissus had laid down, a flower with white petals and yellow horse stood, known as the Narcissus flower. Wow, that was one tragic story. Yet, I do think we can learn a lot from it indeed. From my point of view, the story of Echo and Narcissus makes us question what we are and what are the limits of love. Where does love stop? And when did it turn into obsession? I do think this is a very interesting story to remind us to distinguish between healthy self-love and obsession. Indeed, Mint. And are there any other myths worth mentioning in your opinion? Well, yes, I do have one, Pammy. Do you know the myth of the abduction of Persephone? No, I think I've never heard of it. Can you tell me more about that myth? Okay, so basically, Persephone was the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. Persephone grew up with great beauty and Hades, the god of the underworld, immediately fell in love with her when he saw her. He decided to abduct her. On one sunny day, Persephone was collecting and gathering flowers, accompanied by her close friends and the carefree Persephone went in search of the most beautiful flower and she plucked out a narcissist. A narcissist? Wow, that was what we were talking about earlier. Yes, that's right, Candy. Greek myths are usually connected to each other. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, indeed, Mint. So, what happened next? Um, after Persephone plucked out the narcissist flower, the earth's entrance opened and Hades snatched her away in his own chariot to the underworld. Persephone was devastated, and she missed her home very much. Meanwhile, Demeter was looking in vain for her daughter day and night, and due to Persephone's absence, the crops and flowers on land began to wilt, and the earth began to wither. The sun, who was the witness of every incident, felt sorry for Demeter, and decided to tell her what had happened. But hopelessly, Demeter went to Zeus and demanded Persephone be returned, or Earth would not blossom ever again. Zeus decided to send the messenger god for Hermes with the command to release Persephone. However, Hades didn't want Persephone to part from him forever, so he forced her to eat six 
pomegranate seeds. Oh, seeds? Well, she forced her because if anyone beat the pomegranate seeds, they could never truly leave the underworld. And Persephone then reunited for a short period with her mother. However, when Demeter heard that she had eaten the pomegranate seeds, she was furious. So, after hearing Demeter's complaint, Zeus tried to compromise by proposing that for every pomegranate seed per Persephone had eaten, she would spend a month with Hades, then return to Demeter. Demeter accepted this proposal. Thus, every six months, Persephone would travel to the underworld, and her grief would come along with winter. And despite that, after six months, she would return back to Earth, and Miss Demeter would be happy, so eventually, spring would return. Oh wow, I didn't know that there was such a tale. I think this is also relatable to the seasons and phases of our life. Similar to how winter gives way to spring, difficult phases in life also leads up to good moments. Temporary as time, nothing is permanent. Therefore, it is crucial for us to be patient, and your silver lining will shine true again. Yes, sometimes patience is the answer to our struggles. There are times when life would require us to wait and times that would call for us to launch forward. Even Demeter herself had to wait to reunite with her daughter. That's a very touching story indeed. Do you have some time for another story? Um, I think this will be our last story for today, right, Penny? Yes, Finn. Sadly that we cannot fit every story into this much time, so the last story for today is Daedalus and Icarus. Have you ever heard of the phrase, don't fly too close to the sun winds? I sure have. Does it mean that every single thing has its limits and acting without estimation can lead to one's downfall? Indeed. The origin of this statement came from the myth of the flight of Icarus by Jacob Peter Gawain in 1635-1637. Initially, Icarus and his father Daedalus, an inventor, was, were imprisoned by King Minos as a punishment. Daedalus realized that the sky and air was wide open, so he invented two pairs of wings using wax. The father warned his son not to fly either too high or too low, because flying too close to the sun would cause the wax to melt and flying too low would cause the wings to be dampened. Icarus, young and ignorant, however, ignored his father's warning while he took his flight. He flew higher and higher, reaching the clouds and until he lost control of himself. Eventually, Icarus flew closer and closer towards the sun, and soon his wax wings melted as it surrendered towards the blazing heat. Icarus plummeted into the sea and towards his own death. His father cried out upon his body as he lamented the death of his child and buried the body in a nearby land. He named the land Icaria in the memory of his son who died due to ignorance. I pity the father very much. How sad would it be for him to lose his son? Yet, I also think we have a lot to learn from this myth. How, Mint? Well, from this myth, we can see that Icarus's stubbornness and ignorance led to his own death. Sometimes, we act with reckless pride without thinking of what the consequences will be. 
I think this story teaches us to maintain a balance in all things. Additionally, it also teaches us not to take things overly off limits, and rather to take our time to grow. What do you think about Pammy? I agree with you. Thinking about it, we all have moments where we act like ridiculous. An example of modern-day society is a driver driving off the speed limits, causing him to be injured in an accident. I think Icarus's example tells us to avoid hubris, and immunity growth is impossible, so we should walk the path of moderation. And I fear that's it for today. We hope that again, the content we gave will be useful to you. We would like to take part with an inspirational quote from Disney Hercules. A true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength, but the strength of his heart. So, thank you for listening, and see you next Wednesday. Who knows, maybe you and your best friend will make a live session together one day. Goodbye! Goodbye! Yeah.